Hello and welcome to this, the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall, or the Dog Father, depending on who you ask. Either way, I'm the man who teaches people how to teach their dogs to behave. I've been working with dogs for well over 10 years now. Big ones, small ones, yappy ones, and the silent and stubborn types. Uh, You might have caught me on Telly's dogs behaving very badly, or even read my very wise words in my book. Well, listen, there's no escaping my advice, my friend, because helping frustrated dog owners is also what I do on this podcast. Now, today I want to talk about dog socialisation with other dogs, right? And no, that doesn't mean taking down the pub for a nice glass of red. Well, it might, partially. (laughs) So let's talk about what I mean by socialisation. Well, it's it's a big, big issue, socialisation. It's not just about getting them used to other dogs. Uh, It's really about everything that they're going to get get involved with really in life particularly as a puppy but for this episode I am talking about socializing with other dogs let's focus on that and I think a lot of people feel it means letting them just run up to to meet lots of other dogs and I sort of see that a lot almost as though it's a kind of perfect right really to uh, to let your dog off I think it's almost the opposite in a way it's very much teaching them to be calm almost and interested in other dogs but do things in a calm way. That's the main thing. You know, why, why do you need to bother to get your dog well socialised? Well, you're going to be out walking um, in places where there are lots of other dogs. I presume most of us do. Um, you are going to come across them. Sometimes they will be off lead coming up to you. So as best you can, you, you want your dog to be you know, friendly with other dogs. Um, I'm actually okay if I've got a dog that's slightly disinterested in other dogs. Some dogs are. And I would never force them to say hello because some dogs just are like, I, I just don't need it really. Let's do a socialisation 101. What should those first few months of puppyhood look like? Well, you need to meet lots and lots of different puppies. So puppy classes are great as and when they're running. And your dog's going to meet lots of other puppies in a class. They're all the same size. Very rare to see aggression, proper aggression from other puppies. So it's a pretty safe environment. And there's a dog trainer there who's going going to be supervising things. So similarly... Doggy daycare places can be good as well. So take a bit of uh, bit of advice maybe from friends who've got dogs on that one. Which are the good ones? So lots of different dogs, different sizes, different colours. You'd be amazed how many times somebody says to me, I've got a problem with my dog, he really doesn't like, and it'll be something as specific as yellow Labradors because <laughs> he once met a yellow Labrador and it didn't go well, for example. So they can be as picky as that can dogs. So the more dogs you get to meet, the more good experiences, and that's the key, the better. Right? So your dog goes, right, I've met Biggins, Littlands, ones that are brown and white and daddy daddy da funny little square faces and pointy ones and dogs with a tail, dogs without a tail, and it's fine, right? Ideally, you want to be meeting dogs that are well-behaved. So a couple of little tips for that. Uh, If you're an experienced dog owner, you might be thinking, well, this is kind of obvious, but sometimes these things need stating. If you're walking up towards somebody and you see them put their dog back on lead, or they're on lead in a place where lots of dogs are off, there might be a reason for that. It may be that their dog's actually not the happiest with other dogs. Loads of times it's happened to me that a dog's run up off lead, and and I've got mine on lead because I'm training somebody's dog, and the people will shout, it's all right, he's friendly. Now, yeah, but this one isn't. (laughs) So if you're the person with the puppy, you're looking to do a bit of socialisation, you see somebody put a dog on lead, then perhaps... Not necessarily, but perhaps that dog's a bit reactive to other dogs. Probably not the best dog to say hello to right now. 
if you are within sort of calling distance, you might well just sort of say, is it okay if we come and say hello? And if the people say, I'd rather you didn't, you know, just, you know, don't insist. Um, again, you'd be surprised how many times our people say, no, it's all, it's fine, this one will be fine, I'll be fine, you know. No, no, just find another dog. <laughs> there are 12 million dogs in Britain, so they reckon at the last count. There's a plenty of other dogs that you can meet. Look for the ones that look friendly. Look for the ones that are happy. If they're nice plodding steady dogs that would be a great sort of first dog to meet let's say it's the first time we're out with our new puppy and if you meet that sort of 14 year old um yeah let's say labrador plodding along with his owner who also looks a bit ploddy <laughs> that's the kind of thing you know uh, always ask first you know is it okay if i if i get my puppy to say hello yeah sure you know and the old boy's probably going to be fine you know and he's done. <laughs> so loads and loads of good experiences. You can't do too much. Socialisation is so important because most of the dog behaviour problems I see in later life stem to some extent from poor socialisation or not getting used to, to a certain thing. It's not always other dogs. And that's quite a bold thing to say. You know, most dog behaviour problems probably have some sort of root in poor socialisation, but I think it's about right. So you don't want problems further down the line with your dog, so get them used to everything. If you want to have a nice, steady, calm dog who's not phased by anything in future, not nervous, good socialisation is the way to go. It takes quite a bit of effort on your part, but it'll repay you in the years to come. Well, let's see how we can apply some of this to your real life. Uh, Ellie has sent me an email about her one-year-old dachshund, Meryl. And as she says, she's always been quite nervous on a lead and especially around new dogs. Her tail tucks under uh, and I try and reassure her. Any tips on helping a nervous dog around new dogs? Great question. So let's break this down. She's always been a bit nervous anyway, and especially around new dogs. So it may well just be in her nature to be a bit shy. It's not a word we use with dogs, is it really? But, you know, some people were born to be very gregarious and outgoing and, and others just are a bit more shy. There is potentially a genetic sort of element to this. And I've seen a, a study recently that suggests that even at eight weeks old, uh, some dogs, for example, are more likely to, to sort of get what humans want and others aren't. So the suggestion from this study, it was in the University in California, uh, was that about 40% of dog behaviour may well be genetic and 60% is what they're learning life which is interesting isn't it we were only working with what we've got so it could be that Merrill was always going to be a slightly nervy kind of character if you think about it it's the same with us um, you can have two children from the from the same I nearly said litter <laughs> two children from the same mum and dad right even twins and they can sometimes have quite different characters in the telly program, I worked with two grown-up twins, two ladies, who, on the face of it, uh, were very similar. They're identical twins, but quite different characters. And their dogs had grown up a bit like that. You know, you say you get like your dog, well, your dog gets a bit like you. Anyway, point is that genetics plays a big part. So how can we help her? Well, her tail is tucking under, classic sign of fear. And uh, Ellie is doing what comes naturally, which is trying to reassure her. Ah. Okay, that might be where you're going wrong, Ellie, right? It's perfectly understandable that all you want to do is say, it's okay, darling, everything's fine. Nice tone of voice, perhaps stroking her, perhaps even picking her up, pretty common. And in fact, what that does is it, it feels good. 
So if she's scared and we reward that moment, you can see where I'm going with this, that behavior of being scared often gets worse and the trigger is another dog. So it gets like this. I see another dog, I act scared because I always was a bit, right? Because I'm scared, it's reinforced because mum loves me when I'm scared, which is not quite true, but that's how it looks to the dog. So I'm going to get more and more scared every time I meet a dog. So it's tricky, isn't it? You need to to do the rewarding bit, the nice bit, the bit that you're talking of as reassuring when she looks a wee bit braver. So if you're near another dog, perhaps introduce them from a bit of a distance. If she starts to look curious, that's the bit you want to reward, right? So you kind of say to yourself, right, scared is not what I want. So I'm going to have to, although it's really hard, you know, it, t it tugs at the heartstrings. So logically this makes sense, but emotionally it doesn't resist the temptation to reassure her now but give it a few seconds look kind of normal yourself the message we're putting out at this stage is oh, it's another dog it's fine and then she might come out of her shell if she does and starts to sniff now that's often the first stage they use their nose right so the nose goes forward and it's like oh interesting you know then you're on a winner that's when you go oh Good girl, that's really nice. There was a case, it just occurred to me, that um, we covered on uh, Series 3 of Dogs Behaving Very Badly. It was a little dog called Alfie, a spaniel. The big problem was that he was scared of the outside world because he'd, he'd never really gone out. So we were just focusing on lead walking. But we had a breakthrough when we were in the park and he, he went from looking really shut down, really scared. He saw a dog in the distance and his little head popped up and he leant forward and I could see him even at a great distance. So... You know, oh, there's a dog over there. I'm like, oh, brilliant. You know, oh, good boy, Alfie. You know, like, yeah. So the message there is if you're curious, braver, then I'll reward that moment, praise you. Yeah, and we should get more brave. So that, I think, is where we're going. So where Merrill isn't very sure about other dogs, Dave's nine-year-old Staffy Star is very sure that she loves him, right? Dave's email to me reads like this. We got Star as a rescue after a human dad died in November 2020 and has settled in really well. She pulled like a train when we first got her and following your advice, we got a walking much better on a loose lead. Great, I'm glad that helped. The problem is with other dogs. She's super enthusiastic when she sees another dog. She'll literally drag you to get to them. She doesn't show any signs of aggression or barking, just seems really playful. Now, if we let her go to the dog, that's when it all goes wrong. She'll sniff for a couple of seconds and then start snarling and then it can become quite aggressive. So on the face of it, you've not had um, Star so long, just a few months. So well done with the lead walking. That's all great. The other thing that happens is when they're not pulling, they're a bit calmer, almost by definition. And calm is good when it comes to meeting other dogs. So far, so good. I think what's happening is, I've seen this quite a bit, if you've ever seen a dog kind of change their mind halfway through, it's almost like this, that she's kind of going in, going, oh yeah, okay, okay, and then something clicks, and it's like, hang on a minute, and then something perhaps from her past sort of clicks in, it's like, no, I've got to get rid, you know, or maybe they they move in a funny way, or they she thinks they're standing above her or something, whatever it is, she then goes, no, I don't like this, I'm going to get rid, right? So if you have a, a quick spike of fear, that's likely to manifest itself in, in fight or flight, right? Not strictly those two. And I wrote about this in the book, actually. So fight, flight, fawn or freeze. Sometimes uh, they run away, flight. Sometimes they do fight, which is 
sounds like what Star's doing. Sometimes they do fawning. So fawning is the, please don't hurt me, I'm lovely really. So that manifests itself mainly as dogs doing the upside down puppy thing. You're like, Hello, I'm only cute, look. <laughs> or freeze. Occasionally you'll see two dogs together and usually they're both freeze. And there's this moment where it looks as though somebody just sort of went like that and they're both frozen, right? Usually what happens next is fight or flight. So they kind of come out of it and go, whoa, and maybe run away or whatever. So fight, flight, fawn or freeze. There you go. Not a lot of people know that. So how should how should Dave deal with this? Well, Dave, um, what I would do is I'd have her on lead a bit more. Instead of just letting her off and letting her run up and do her own thing, I'd have her on lead. So you check out the other dog. Are they okay? Yeah, they're great. She's lovely, but she's got a couple of issues. She's a rescue dog, right? People go, oh, bless her, she's fine. And I'm saying that because she's a snaffy, right? Because some people will jump to the wrong conclusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Staffies are lovely. Great dogs. Some can be a bit dog aggressive. And if they do go to bite, yes, you're in trouble. So we want to reassure the other people as well. Yeah. Because if what she's seeing is another human who's looking scared to death and their dog is picking up on that, looking a bit scared as well, then that's when things go wrong. So I'd walk up on Lee and go, is it OK? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, lovely. And then... You should end the interaction when you decide, not when she does. We know she's likely to tip over, so what we want are lots of kind of short, sweet, good experiences. So we go in, daddy, 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 yeah, that's great. And then you, you, you go, right, so in a second I'm going to go, and then you need to move away with her on lead quite decisively. Okay, come on, star, gone, right? The more you hang around, the more it's likely to spark off, particularly if you're pulling on the lead to get her away because she feels the pull back, she pulls forward. Often the dog sees her, the other dog straining. You can imagine it all blows up. So you go in, you say to yourself, I'm going to give this about 10 seconds or however long you think. You know your dog better than me. How long do you think you've got before she's likely to turn? If it's five seconds, that's fine. So you go in, you go, right, ten, <laughs> three, four, five. Come on, start, gone, right? You can go back in again and say hello if you want to, if the people are up for it, and then end on a high. One or two of those, and then, right, brilliant, I've got, I've got to crack on, see you, mate, bye, and off you go. You're banking the good behaviour. If you leave it too long, and I think that's what's happened at the moment, understandably, every interaction ends with her thinking, well, that was bad. So every other interaction with her, well, that was bad, that was bad. The fact that it started well is kind of irrelevant because she's left with that bad impression. Whereas what we're going to do is we're going to stage manage things a little bit so that everyone then becomes, oh, that was okay, that was okay, and I want more. That's the way I would do it. So we've talked a bit about dogs interacting outdoors, but what about when you want them to be calm together indoors? Here's a voice note I got from Tony. Hi Graham, Tony here. I'd like some help with doggy visitors. We have a family visiting us with their lockdown puppy, an eight-month-old Cavapoo called Rocco. Now we have Muffy, a four-year-old Border Terrier who can be tetchy with other dogs that she doesn't know. She's never bitten a dog, but she can growl at them, bark at them, show her teeth and even try to wrestle them. Could you please help us avoid a terrible start to what could be an awkward weekend? Thank you. So we've got Rocco and Muffy. Rocco sounds like a boy. So he's a puppy. He's probably going to be a live wire, right? I'm guessing. Probably a bundle of fun. But Muffy may well not see it like that. So 
Border Terriers, lovely little dogs. They can sometimes be, um, exactly as you describe, a bit tetchy. Um, y- you know, they'll be a bit snarly, a bit baring their teeth, and sometimes they will go in to nip other dogs. So, uh, quite right that you want to set things in your favour from the f- from the first introduction with, uh, with Rocco. So I'll tell you what not to do. What you don't want to do is just get Rocco to walk into Muffy's house and they end up face-to-face in, let's say, a narrow hallway or something like that. That would be a disaster. So humans quite like doing the eye-to-eye, face-to-face thing when we greet. It's what we do. It's not like that for dogs. Eye-to-eye is often fighting talk. So give them a half chance and dogs will be sniffing around each other's backsides, you know, which which is considered to be quite rude amongst humans, um, but not for dogs. So I actually would start this interaction outside. I'd say to Rocco, as I was right, I'll meet you in the local park, go for a walk together. If you can stage manage it, so you just happen to bump into each other, and then go for a walk in parallel. Carry on walking. At this stage, you might well be, you know, four or five metres apart if you can if you can manage that, depending where you go, right? And you're not really letting them interact at this stage. They're just getting used to being in each other's presence, and for Muffy in particular, right? So it's walk, 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 walk. And as you walk, you get a bit nearer. If you had the dogs on the outside, so to speak, if you can imagine that, then you might move them to the inside, you know, as long as you've got the distance right. And you just want them to carry on walking and just two parallel tracks. So it's like there's a dog there, he's fine, it's okay, and then away you go. So if she looks a little bit tetchy at that point, then yes, you could correct her once or twice. Ah, no. It's like that's not what we expect, you know. But don't forget to praise her when she's good. And you've heard me say this a thousand times on this podcast, but it's when we're tense, we tend to forget the praise bit. Because you're walking along going, any minute now, any minute now, you know, action station's ready because she's going to have a go. And she's actually doing nothing right now. So, yeah, sure, be ready to react. But right now is when you probably need to be going, oh, good girl, that's fine. The praise here needs to be super calm. The last thing we want to do with either of Mr. Revamont. What we wouldn't be doing is letting them off for a runaround because that's when it can go wrong as well because the excitement just builds and builds. A bit like kids, you know, when mums say it's going to turn to crying, you know, because the excitement's just going to tip over. You don't want any of that. So walk, 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 and then you walk back to the house and walk in the house in one continuous movement. So it ends up as like, see that dog that was outside? Yeah, you walked, you got together. Yeah, that was fine. And now we're in the house. And that should be fine. If need be, and if you're worried about it, you can keep them both on lead initially in the house. So you can sit, perhaps, you know, one on a chair, one on a sofa, having a cup of tea. Everybody calms down. The dogs start to settle. And then bit by bit, you can introduce them. So you're keeping control all the time. You're keeping a a demeanour of all's well with the world. It's fine. And then bit by bit, you, you introduce them. That sounds like a plan, doesn't it? And with that, our training session for today comes to a close. Well, thank you so much for joining me. What is it that you and your dog aren't quite meeting eye to eye about? Send me a, a voice note telling me what you're struggling with. And you can send that to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. And it might just be you I'm helping out next week. If you haven't already, do subscribe to the podcast. That's the way to make sure that the next episode arrives on your device, ready for you as soon as it's available. Now tell your dog-loving friends about the podcast while they're out and about as well. You might really help them. And you can always get your dogs to tell their new doggy pals as well. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I'm convinced they talk about us behind our backs. Until next week, look after yourselves and your dogs now, won't you? Bye for now.